You're about to listen to Office Hours with me, Georgia Howe. This is a weekly companion series to PragerU's popular five-minute videos, where I explore various political and cultural topics with PragerU experts, asking questions and digging deeper to bring you perspectives that you may not hear in a traditional college classroom. To watch the video version of this series, click on the link in the description or go to dailywire.com. Welcome to Office Hours. I'm Georgia Howe with The Daily Wire. Today, we sit down with sports journalist and host of the new podcast, Fearless, Jason Whitlock. His new PragerU video is titled, Get Politics Out of Sports, where he makes the case that sports has served as a cultural unifier and equalizer in America for decades. Yet, with the rise of a few vocal radicals, an attempt to fundamentally change sports into a tool for political division is underway. Let's jump right in. Jason, nice to see you. Good to see you, Georgia. So I understand you just made a PragerU video about woke sports. So I have to say, this is almost like one of the most tedious manifestations of wokeness there is. Like it just might be. Only because of the, the whole point that sports are supposed to be a unifier. So how did this happen? How did it get into sports? Well, I think it's part of a larger attack on American culture uh, by our adversaries, China in particular, uh, they have been corrupting American culture and, uh, you know, the same way they've uh, corrupted Hollywood and the movie industry and have great influence over the types of movies that are produced and shown here in America, they figured out that uh, if they really want to influence American culture and promote division and chaos, promote it within sports, which other than religion, to me, has been one of the greatest unifiers in American history over the last 120 years, is, you know, we've put aside our differences and come together and root for teams. And it doesn't matter what your politics are, what your race is, how much money you make. Uh, we put those differences aside during sporting events and rooting for our teams. And we used to start sporting events with the national anthem as a symbol of the unity that sports promoted. And now we're doing, you know, just the opposite. Many of our athletes are protesting during the national anthem. And your politics and point of view now matter when you go to sporting events. And so I, I just think there's been a lot of money spent and a lot of clever maneuvering to get sports to do the opposite of what it had done for a hundred years, bring us together. Now it's just another tool to tear us apart. That's a pretty bold claim that China is purposefully doing that. It's not the first time I've heard it and I'm not necessarily doubting it, but what kind of, I mean, specific kind of evidence or arguments do you have and how would you say that, that, that they're doing that? Well, I would look first at what's the strongest cultural influence we have in sports. And I would say that it's Nike. And I think that people don't have a full understanding of how powerful Nike is in the American sports world. Uh, they are the most powerful entity in the American sports world. They're more powerful than the NFL and the NBA and any other sports league. 
Nike is a $40, $50 billion global corporation. The NBA uh, is an $8 billion global corporation. Nike and Phil Knight, the founder of Nike, uh, have a long-standing investment in China. And they're trying to, they started investing and building their relationship with China 40 years ago. Their CEO, John Donahoe, just recently said publicly uh, when talking to Wall Street analysts that Nike is of and for China. Wait, sorry, what? Of and for China. So it's it's an American it's an American owned company, but they're openly stating that they serve China. This is a direct quote from John Donahoe, the CEO of Nike. They're not hiding this. There are 1.4 billion potential customers in China. Well, there's only 300 million of us here in America. For the kind of growth that Nike is looking for, they're betting on China. And they're betting on the, the kind of cheap and or slave labor that's available in Asian countries and in China. Uh, and so Nike's the strongest influencer in sports culture. They're in bed with China. And it's not a coincidence. It's very calculated on Nike's part that Nike's biggest brand endorsers, LeBron James, Colin Kaepernick, Serena Williams. Th these guys all now promote an anti-American sentiment that America is uh, unrepentantly racist and uh, that America is just unfair and uh, controlled by white supremacy. And that's not a coincidence that they'll say nothing about China and LeBron James goes over to China at least once or twice a year. Anybody that opens their eyes and evaluates China's racism, particularly towards black people in Africa, would understand and know that in comparison to China, we are utopia. We are the world leaders when it comes to uh, racial progress, racial unity. We have more diversity than anybody else on the globe, and we've handled our diversity better than anyone else on the globe. But these Nike athletes uh, wanting to win the favor and curry favor and improve their relationships with China uh, express all this anti-American sentiment, and it, it's not on accident. It's not organic. They're doing what Nike wants them to do so that Nike can improve its relationship and market share with the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. So the idea is that the CCP has a vested interest in Americans kind of turning on themselves. And so that's their bargaining chip with these uh, global companies is they'll say, if you can promote those sentiments, we'll do business with you. Is that the idea? I'm not even sure if it's that explicit. I just think it's kind of understood that, that China under the CCP is an authoritarian run uh, government and system that squashes dissent and uh, communist countries. If you just look at the history of communist countries and the propaganda they have always used against Western civilization, America in particular, they've always tried to smear us as racist. Again, 
This goes back to the Soviet Union when they had power and they had far less diversity than America, far less, much more homogenized society and culture. So they're not dealing with the kind of racial issues that we deal with on a daily, hourly, minute to minute basis in America. And so they've always wagged their finger and pointed to isolated incidents or look, and some of the stuff we were certainly guilty of the Jim Crow laws and segregation and all that stuff in the sixties. And so they've used that type of propaganda against America. It's, it's, recorded throughout history that it's it's an it's i wouldn't even call it a secret it's just people just don't pay attention to what has been going on on a global stage and what the tactics that our competitors have used against us and smearing us as racist has always been a communist trope ploy tactic uh right now it's just being far more effective it sounds like i mean you have a lot of background knowledge about nike's relationship with china and um, kind of how the whole system is working. Would you say that that's pretty broad knowledge within the sports community? I think it's very broad knowledge that's ignored. And if you uh, understand Nike's very clever about the way it recruits the media, it, it was very commonplace for uh, basketball media, sports media, to go out to Portland, Oregon, and get these incredible Nike discounts. Go shop at the Nike discount store and everything is 50, 60, 70, 80% off. Nike recruits the American sports media and has a very close relationship. And if you look at ESPN and how, again, I'm someone that worked at ESPN at a time when we were trying to, when when ESPN was launching a website, The Undefeated, about the connection of sports, race, and culture. One of the directives and messaging that I was given, that I rejected, and it's why I got pushed out, was like they wanted the site. This is supposed to be a site for Black people talking about sports, race, and culture and dealing with those issues. I was under a lot of pressure to write about sneaker culture. That's <laughs> There's this whole, there is a sneaker culture journalism, Slam Magazine. Uh, ESPNs, and they hired a guy named Scoop Jackson who was versed in that world. It's 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 subtle advertising for Nike and the other shoe companies who spend money with Adidas. And I've tried to explain to people because people get it confused. But like the the National Basketball Association is really just the marketing arm of Nike. It it's it's not Nike runs the NBA. The NBA does not run Nike. The NBA's purpose is to market tennis shoes, primarily Nike tennis shoes. And so ESPN that spends a lot of money to to maybe a billion or 2 billion a year to uh, uh, broadcast NBA games. That means ESPN's in bed with Nike because the NBA exists to promote Nike. And so it's just that everybody's working in concert. They all have the same business interest. And yes, does the media know that uh, Nike needs the Chinese market? 
and needs to make sure their relationship with China is great. Absolutely. The, the, the NBA has a uh, legendary commissioner by the name of David Stern, who's a bully with the media, had a great relationship with the media. David Stern is celebrated for taking the NBA international. He, he, he wanted the NBA to be, unlike football in the NFL, the NBA wants to be an international sport that's known all across the globe. David Stern's given credit for that. That's Phil Knight and Nike. That, that's what Phil Knight and Nike wanted because Phil Knight said 40, 50 years, he wanted to make Nike an international company. And so the NBA had to follow suit. And that's why the NBA has been the wokest, most anti-American league of all the sports leagues in America. Because again, the goal is how can we get to those 1.4 billion people in China how can we make sure the CCP allows us to, to sell our shoes and market our products? How can we become bigger in China? That's the end game. That's where the most money can be made. So if this is like becoming fairly common knowledge within at least like the media space or the sports media space, I mean, I would think that this sort of plot requires people to kind of be ignorant or at least to have a mass of people be ignorant. As more people become aware of this, do you sense that there are people like you who are concerned and, you know, raising an alarm? I mean, do you sense that there is any shift away from this or any, like, shift towards broad concern? No, I don't think there's broad concern within the sports media. And, and, and not because they're bad people. They just want to survive. And so if you're at ESPN, the worldwide leader in sports media, if you're not willing to preach the woke ideology and point of view, you're going to get run out of ESPN. That's just a fact. That there, uh, the kid at OutKick that covers the sports media, a guy named Bobby Burak, he just wrote some pieces about anybody that's getting a contract extension at ESPN is far left and Black Lives Matter supporter. and preaches the anti-American sentiment. That's how you get a contract extension at ESPN. Kids written it. You can go read it at OutKick. And so the journalists are doing what they need to do to survive. And because in ESPN's nickname as the worldwide leader in sports, that's not misguided. They are the worldwide leader. And so all the sports media below ESPN Follow suit if you want to be successful. Follow the ESPN brand. So I want to ask you about your new podcast. What's Fearless about? Uh, Fearless is about the kind of conversation me and you are just having right now. Uh, we want to put people ahead of the curve, ahead of the conversation. We want to talk about things that other people may not have the courage uh, to do. We, we see so much of the corporate media afraid to address these topics and issues head on. And so uh, we want to be a safe space for people that like the truth, uh, <laughs> uncomfortable truth. I have this theory and belief that one of the reasons why the truth is so vulnerable right now in America is because religious leaders, ministers, and comedians have failed to do their job. Ministers and comedians are given the license and the freedom 
to speak uncomfortable truths. That has been their role in our society. Ministers are chasing popularity now, social media popularity. Comedians are afraid of being canceled. And so these two groups aren't speaking nearly the kind of truths they used to and creating the room for the rest of us to have free speech. And so Fearless with Jason Whitlock, we want to stand in the gap. So it's going to sound a little bit like religious preaching, but it's also going to sound like Dave Chappelle cracking jokes. All right. Well, where can they find you? Wherever podcasts are available, it'll be on Blaze TV. And you can check us out, you know, at theblaze.com. We've got new offices here in Nashville or studios here. Oh, in welcome. Nashville. I didn't know you were in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. I've been here since August. Uh, and so uh, I'm fired up and looking forward to it. I, I think we're going to, you'll learn some things. You'll have your thoughts challenged and you'll laugh out loud. All right. Well, Jason, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. As a reminder, if you'd like to see the video version of this show, or if you haven't seen this week's PragerU 5-Minute Video, make sure to click on the link in the description below, or head over to dailywire.com. We'll see you next Monday for a new interview with another PragerU presenter. (laughs) 